and welcome to another episode of Mysterious AF. Thanks for joining us this evening. I'm one of your hosts, Charles. Charles. It may not be evening. It may Thanks be. for joining us, whatever time of day you are joining us. We appreciate you being here with us and listening to us. Anyway, I'm Charles, and I'm joined by the lovely... Celesta. This is our fourth episode. Wow. Fourth. That's a, that's a big number. Um, and we are going to be discussing the, quote, documentary, hmm. American Ghost Hunter. Came out in 2015. You can find it... Possibly on Hulu okay. still. I have 2010. Oh. Am I wrong? No. <laughs> I probably not. <laughs> I think it's because Netflix always puts the release date. It probably came out on Netflix in 2015. Oh, okay. Well, this was on Hulu. Or Hulu. I watched Sorry. Hulu. No, it's Hulu. okay. We are we going care. to check on that really quick because we know that you care when this <laughs> came out. 2010 would make more sense given the timeline that they give, but yeah... I guess maybe it came onto Hulu in 2015. 2010. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Sorry. I'm not to call you out. No, please do. <laughs> because I think that I'm right. <laughs> it really came out in 2010. Directed yeah. and produced by Chad Kalick, who is the main focus of this documentary. Yeah. And I noticed that in like the opening, it said D squared films, which I don't know if you know, D squared, big fashion designer. And really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. I think they're from Italy. They designed a lot of clothes. They were super expensive. I never got to buy any of the clothes, but I did remember D-squared because hmm. I always wanted to buy the clothes. Oh. Yeah. Maybe you can get them on eBay now or something. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not as cool anymore. No, no, yeah. You know, the early 2000s were a, a different time for clothing and fashion. So, all right, what are your opening thoughts? First of all, I thought... American Ghost Hunter. I didn't know anything about it. I thought it was going to be, in my mind, I pictured old but attractive man traveling across the country helping people with ghost stuff. I That's a pretty right? accurate description of what I would think it would be, too. I don't know why he was older and attractive. But because was he's American? American. And usually when people say American, <laughs> it's like, by American. Amer- I can. American. <laughs> And you think of, yeah. But it was the complete opposite. It Total. I mean, total it was in, in America. Yeah, true. Iowa specifically, but. Yeah. But yeah, the, the creepy tribal music at the beginning. Oh my gosh, right? That was, the, yeah. that was the creepiest thing about this documentary to me was that tribal music. And I thought, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. When I watched it again, I was like, ooh, chills. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, this was, and that was what I wrote, creepy music. Creepy music. So while they're playing this creepy music, they display some statistics about people believing uh, in the supernatural or paranormal, I guess, is, is mm-hmm. what they call it. So, Yeah, they you... have a couple different surveys. Gallup Organization Survey concluded that 73% of those polled believe in at least one of the 10 paranormal topics they presented. Right. And so I'm wondering, what were the 10 what paranormal were the topics? T- right. You know, like Bigfoot, UFOs, like what qualifies as paranormal right. and what were the 10 mermaids? Possession? Mermaids? Not I mean, only mermaids. <laughs> 10 is a big number. <laughs> Doesn't believe in mermaids. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So they do that. They do another, I guess yeah. it was from Australia. Australia. Yeah. Yep. That poll. Again, about 70% of the people believed. 
Right. Blah, blah, blah. We're getting this, and then we get Chad in a hotel room. Black and white photography, or videography. And he's kind of giving us a whole narration and intro into his life, basically. My family was under attack by something. So we ran as far as we could. But it followed. Yeah, I have dramatic monologue. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Um, and from his 20 years, it followed. Yeah. It's very, it is a very dramatic opening. So it sucks you in. I will give it that. Oh, really? Because I was like, what the hell? With the tribal music and then the 20 the years that followed. Yeah, I mean, I kind of okay. wanted to know what was going to happen. Yeah, you I, think we're building. We're right. definitely building. Building that tension. Yeah. Building it right up. <laughs> but then it's also kind of random. It was just like a bunch of shots of streets and buildings and Chad just sitting it alone in a hotel room and there's this guy walking down the street and you're like, what? What is this shitty, what shitty music video? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> man. Yeah, so the guy walking down the street ends up being Ryan Buell, who's coming to meet Chad at this hotel to so they can, you know, do this investigation. Investigate the fuck out of these ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> and interesting enough, Ryan is only 26 years old, but he is the director of the Paranormal Research Society, which yeah. I thought was pretty interesting. I mean... I don't know what kind of credentials you have to have to be the director of the society, but 26 seems young, and I mean, Chad's 40. Older? Yeah. It's, so yeah. The, yeah, they're the first two that we're introduced to, and uh, can you tell me about, what you what were your first impressions of Chad and Ryan? Well, Ryan I recognized. Okay. From, I don't remember, was it Sci-Fi Channel, or maybe, probably not Sci-Fi. But he was on Paranormal State. He had his own TV okay. show for a while. Okay. Um, so, and then I also knew that he was sort of not discredited, but he was arrested at some point for fraud and for theft because he had a bit of a drug problem. Hmm. Well, that makes him less sexy. Yeah. To me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what you want? I mean, <laughs> I mean out of the two of them, he was the fairly, most attractive yes. one. He's more attractive than Chad. Chad is your typical Midwestern, overweight, chain-smoking, probably drinking a lot, heavy metal, listening guy. Documentarian, Documentarian. is how he's listed. <laughs> Those are his credentials okay. on, the, <laughs> on this. Yeah. So, and then I just thought it was comical that they were just sitting in this hotel room together. I don't... In black and white. It was very dramatic. Yeah. It's very dramatic. There are a lot of thoughts running through my head after I saw them sitting in this hotel room. And, <laughs> uh, and throughout this whole thing, I was just like, are they going to kiss? I, What's going to happen? I don't know. We don't know. I mean, you will know. Ryan apparently is bi. I don't know if that matters, but... Cool. Yeah. Awesome. That came across in my research. I did not I was know like, that. Oh, I okay. would not have guessed that. But yeah. Not that you can guess that, but... No. Well, yeah. good for him. <laughs> I hope I don't sound biphobic. <laughs> you should. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. So then they kind of... I just love... They walk out of this hotel, which is in the middle of freaking nowhere, Iowa. Very gangster-like. They're like, the music is playing. They're walking out. It's in black and what and kind white. of music is it? I don't... It's metal. Yeah, metal. Metal. Thank like... you. <laughs> it's 
Not metal that anybody would recognize, no. but metal from maybe a band that tours Iowa. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. There's a lot of that in yeah. this documentary. <laughs> so yeah, they walk out of this hotel room and then... Is that when it goes to color? Are we there yet? I don't know. My, my next thing was the screen shows the fabric of an atheist. Yes. Yeah. I think we're, we're there. Which I guess is the birth of Chad. The birth of right, Chad. Right, yes. June 18th, 1976. Mm. Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Aylin Air Force Base. Yes. That's um, where his dad was stationed. Yeah, so Chad was born on the Air, Air Force Base. And he, surprisingly, grew up hearing UFO stories, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, but... His dad tells him that they're all military aircraft, so don't worry about it. Yeah, not not UFOs. We have yeah. this technology. And it was interesting. They did show footage from 2007 of a UFO, which, of course, I was like, Stan, did you make it down to Florida? <laughs> <laughs> Episode one, people. Listen. Right. And I don't know if it was in Florida, but I just, yeah, it, it reminded yeah. me of Stan Romanek, so. Yeah, I because had to it's laugh. just this little bolt floating in the sky again. Yeah. It's just, whatever. So he says his family wasn't uber religious but they were kind of seeking spiritualness and they went to a bunch of different churches much like my family my family never had a home church we kind of jumped around every year we had a new church it seems like but we were always thought of as christian but he never got into it i guess he never believed so yeah. much yeah he he doesn't believe he doesn't take it in i guess yeah. is what yeah i'm trying to say he thinks they're crazy I mean, this is called the fabric of an atheist, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. And also, I, because I was just looking something up, there was an episode, um, or an episode, there was an article that he was interviewed for, and he's, and in this he said he was raised an atheist. And from this documentary, it didn't sound like he was raised. No. And, like, maybe his parents weren't uber religious. But he specifically says that his parents were on a spiritual yeah. quest. Like, yeah. they were trying to find a faith or a religion that they belonged to. Yeah. But, I mean, he also goes on to describe how it was more of the... Is it Pentecostal? I don't know. With the, like... The Holy Spirit the filling... Ho- yeah. yeah. Filling the Falling you up, on the floor. Right. Yeah. Twitching sort of a deal. And... Yeah. So, yeah. He goes on to talk about that. Which, I mean, for any child, that's... It's scary. Yeah. I, I don't know about you, Charles. I grew up in a church where we were like age six. We were supposed to speak in tongues. No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, That's and so we'd all line up and just make up shit because we didn't know what the hell they were even talking about. Did you feel bad about it? I didn't feel bad about it. I just wanted to get. I'm it lying over to God with. in a fake language. <laughs> I didn't feel like I was lying to God. That's I just, where my brain would have gone. <laughs> I just felt like I was giving them what they wanted, basically. You're, you were a stage child. <laughs> I was. <laughs> Does this give me a sucker? Okay, I'll Toddlers do it. Toddlers and tiaras, right here. The religious version. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, interesting. I, yeah. I did not know that about you. Um, so let me move on to A Day Like Any Other, which was in February of 1918, 1986, in Texas. <laughs> yeah, it was a horrible day for this family. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Chad shatters his ankle while playing basketball. And that same day, his dad is burned, and Chad is called, I guess, while at school, and is told, you need to come right now. We don't think your dad's going to make it. And then the photos of the body. That was 
graphic. Graphic. Out of yeah. everything in this whole documentary, that was, was probably the most uncomfortable thing to look at. Not prepared at all for that. No. I'm, it's bad. I'm sorry for any burn victims or people who know have been burned. Like, that That looks horrible Horrible and painful and ugh. Yeah. That's all I have to say. I guess they lived, like, about an hour away from the hospital or wherever his dad was. So his yes. mom would drive him to and from with his brother... And she would be constantly telling him to pray for his dad. And he kind of gets, Chad gets upset about this because he's like, well, we're not talking about the actual situation. You're just telling me to pray. And that's bullshit. Yeah, and that's bullshit. And I remember my mom all the way home telling me, you just have to pray, you have to pray. And I just almost got pissed at her. I was just like, I just felt like, can we address the fact that our father's going to be gone? I quit talking about this God bullshit because he's going to be gone tomorrow. And what do we do? He says bullshit. He cusses a lot. He has a potty mouth. He does. And he does. You're right. But it turns out that Chad's dad lives. Um, yeah. But he is broken and in pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but Again, another blow to Chad. He's like, if there's a God, why is he allowing this? Why right. would he allow my dad to continue such a painful life? Yeah. So then my next note is on July 5th of 1989... They moved to Persia, Iowa, which is a town, a thriving metropolis of 300 people, <laughs> is how Chad describes it, is 300 yes. people. And I love how Chad is like... Yeah, I didn't know what they wanted. I didn't get it, you know? It's like, there's 300 people. I didn't know what they wanted. I don't get it. And I'm like, wait, what do you mean? What? Like what they wanted from you personally or like what they wanted out of life. Yeah, like I we, was like, what are you talking about? They probably don't want anything from you, Chad. No, Chad, settle down. No one wants anything from you. So Chad starts to hear rumors that his house is haunted. New mm-hmm. kid on the block bought the haunted house. Yeah. Yeah, he also claims to hear that his parent. he claims to hear his parents whispering about what's going on in the house and, but they didn't want Chad to know what was going on yeah. in the house. And then his parents tell him about occurrences they've seen with shadows and... Yeah, they show pictures of their evidence. So they start documenting. Even back in the 90s, they have pictures of pictures being knocked off the wall and a black shadow apparently covering his mom in one of the photos, which probably just photographers... It's very ambiguous yeah. to me. It's it's evidence. Yeah. <laughs> And then eventually Chad has his first experience while in his waterbed. I had a waterbed. Did you really? It was terrible. I hated it. I was terrified every time I moved that E.T. would hear me and kill me. Why? Because E.T. is terrifying. And I had nightmares about him. Specifically target people in waterbeds? Probably not. But once my Ace of Base cassette finished playing, I had to like flip it and turn it back over so the noise would distract E.T. It was a childhood thing. I hated the waterbed. I don't ever want to sleep on one again. Let's never bring those back. (laughs) (laughs) Waterbeds are the devil. Watch out for them. Probably started this whole possession thing. Water. Isn't water like a gateway? Isn't that supposed to be? It is a gateway possession (laughs) drug. Exactly. (laughs) So Chad is going to bed and he hears a big on his wall. Yep. Pounding on his walls. I was laying in my bed, not a water bed. Right as I started closing my eyes to go to sleep, like harder than that, even hit against my wall. I go into Brian's door and I'm like, "Did you hear that?" He was like, "No." 
And I told him, I said, well, dude, I'm sleeping with you. I'm not going back. And right as we're going to sleep, the same thing happens on the, behind the headboard of his bed. Brian flies up, and he's like, let's get downstairs. And he's yelling, Mom, Dad. And as we're going out of his doorway, it happens to the wall there on our way down the stairs next to us. My old man grabs his Bible, and he said, let's move. Let's get out of this room. And we went in the hallway into their bedroom and threw it to the main entry room. And it just kept happening. It followed us on all the walls. Shit, the banging probably went on for five minutes, and then just stopped. We see pictures where it followed them through the house. There's no evidence. There's no, like, broken anything. But we see pictures of the hallway and, yeah, you know, the wall. Pictures. Help, helpful. Again, pictures. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then after that, things apparently pick up and get really bad. Chad specifically remembers... A time where he went into his parents' bedroom and saw his mom acting weird, and he calls it, like, Possessed. a possession. Yeah. Um, his dad is apparently praying over her. Did you notice that the dad was... Shirtless. Shirtless. Yes. And, like, covered up in bed with her? They were all... They were always in bed. And he was... <laughs> they were, like... He's always shirtless. Yeah. It was very strange. I'm like, was that just a cover-up for, like... <laughs> Something else going on? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, quite possibly. I don't know. But by this point, Chad is like an adult, so. Yeah. But but maybe he still doesn't want to believe. Yeah. But he he (laughs) says that while his mom was quote-unquote possessed, she was speaking in broken English, and she did not look like herself. Right. And uh, he, I think, says... She leaned forward, both her hands, to try to grab my throat. And she said something to the effect of, boy, I'm going to get you, or I'm going to get you, boy. And I, I, don't, I, I fucking snapped, bro. I mean, like, I, I mean, I cocked back, and I'm telling you, had my brother not grabbed me, I was going to put her on the fucking ground. I got so mad, I almost punched her in the face. And I'm like, what? Like, Why did that make you so mad? And then he also says, bro. So, I mean, that kind of just took me out of the moment when he's like, yeah, bro. We lose all respect. And then he's just like, and then I went to college. And it's like, oh, okay. Which, when he goes to college, includes dramatic footage of him slow motion walking on train tracks. (laughs) Again, more slow motion footage of Uh, him. This movie could have been so much shorter. Right. Right. Random. It's part music video, part documentary slash ghost hunt. We don't know. I mean... The slow motion footage of him, I mean, I I was just kind of laughing about it. I, How did you feel about it? Did it give yeah. you a giggle? Yeah, it did. Okay, good. Because he was at, like, a ball field behind, like, the batting cage, and then he was on the tracks, and there's this music playing, and I'm just like, what? What does this have to do with hunting ghosts? Yeah, what is happening? Yeah, nothing. And then he moves to California. <laughs> Where the paranormal follows him. Paranormal follows, he gets, he gets married. He's got a, he's, he does have actual sort of evidence here. His dog is acting weird. Which I wanted to ask you about. Dogs are weird. I understand (laughs) that dogs are weird, but was that really a bulldog noise? Come on, come here. Come on. Come on, come on for that. It was kind of a weird noise. It's. I've been around one bulldog in my life. I mean, I've been around a few, but I used to babysit some kids. They had a bulldog. So I was around this thing eight hours a day, five days a week. And 
she would make noises, but I don't remember it being that, like, high. Like, I just yeah. remember watching this, and I was like, I understand that it's making a weird noise, but it was just, it didn't sound like the right noise, and so I don't know if I was supposed to believe that was, like, a paranormal thing, or I was like, is this a fake noise that they've included in this? I did not <laughs> think it was fake. Okay. The dog I noise. believe you, because yeah. you, you work with the animals. The live animals. Yeah. <laughs> the live animals. Yeah. There's a lot of weird noises you can, you yeah. can hear out of dogs. Okay. But so this dog is just kind of whining and it is, it is a weird noise. Yeah. But I think it is the dog. Okay. But then you kind of hear a bang and maybe something fall off a shelf yeah, in and his room. He says that there were disembodied voices saying, yeah. get out and leave. and leave. And this is the only time... I think that we see Chad's wife, Laura, in this entire mm-hmm. documentary, which I thought was kind of odd. How did, like, what did you think about that? I, I had to rewind it because I was like, who is this woman? Is this his wife? And then I read the subtitle because I have captions on because I'm quite possibly deaf. And, <laughs> and so. I didn't do it for this one. I don't know why. I always do. It's, yeah. Yeah. So I, th- uh, I thought that was interesting that she's only in this one small part and maybe she didn't want to be in it because she's like, his family's that, fucking crazy. I didn't even think of that, but I kind of also wonder if they lived in California and she just wasn't going to go to the middle of nowhere, Iowa with him for this adventure. Yeah. But yeah, she uh, she kind of says like, yeah, weird stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the last time we see her, yeah. Yeah. So then we get back to Ryan oh, and Chad. Wait. No, you're right. You're right. Oh, no. Yeah. We get back to Ryan and Chad, back in the hotel room. Right. And Ryan is saying that they're dealing with a network of demons. <laughs> I have that exactly. Not just one freaking demon. You have a whole network of demons. Because like, if one demon knows you, they all know you. And then 20 years later, you go into a possession case in England. It's going to reference you. It's going to know who you are. I know this from personal experience. And if it notices that you're looking at it it's gonna notice back i totally understand all that and i get it and i just i'm at the point where there there is no turning back on this ryan claims that he knows from personal experience which led me to question what the freak happened to ryan so much right i yeah charles so much at this point i didn't know (laughs) i wanted to know i wanted to know more about ryan than chad at this point yeah but a network of demons can you imagine well, there's a phone chain. Did did you not know that? <laughs> They're all... Dial. <laughs> it's like a prayer chain, but a demon chain. But demons. And they're going to get you. Yeah. Going to get you, boy. If they found you in California, they're going to, like, you know, go across to the East Coast or, well, Midwest. Um... Well, there's the Hellmouth in Sunnydale. <laughs> so Buffy fought all the evils. <laughs> so it makes sense. Makes complete sense. But Chad understands the danger, and he wants to move forward with this. Yes, Chad is so brave. (laughs) Brave little toaster. I Uh, love that movie. It is a good movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, because it always makes me cry. (laughs) So we get to commencement? Yes. May 26, 2009. Oh, this is where we get out of the black and white. So that whole first part has been black and white. It's kind of like The Wizard of Oz. Yes. Except not sepia, but black and white. With not really as, shitty music and slow motion. Yeah, not as entertaining. Yeah. No, no tornadoes. <laughs> no woman stealing a dog to take it to get euthanized. <laughs> Just two guys sitting yeah. in a hotel room. Broing it out. Broing it out. Uh, so this is actually where they walk out like badass gangsters. I have, and then they switch from black and white to color. Yeah. And the investigation actually starts. 
Right, and I have slow mo walk and rock yeah. music. Lame. Why again? Why? And they call it, yeah the AGH investigation, which I deducted to mean American Ghost Hunter. Oh. So yeah. It did take me a minute. I was like, what's AGH? Oh, that's right. Yeah, this this is full of twists and turns. You can never know what's happening. <laughs> the next scene we get is them in the car, Chad and Ryan, and they're on their way to Brian's house, which is Chad's brother, because he's been experiencing weird things lately as well. Yes, Brian has been attacked and he needs help. He needs help. And we get a we get a little snippet of a phone call. Yes. Which I thought was the phone call is, is weird. Brian's talking weird. But we also see a still photo of Brian. And Who then... It does not look like anything what he is in real life. Exactly. Right? Okay. Like, it, ten I seconds just, later, we get Brian on camera, and you're like, wait, what? It's like, is that Brian at 13, <laughs> 14, 15, and then Brian now? It's Brian, Brian now is about 100 pounds heavier, probably. Yeah, he not, looks, he looks like a different person, honestly. Not to fat shame, but I was very confused. Right, I don't know why they would show that picture and yeah. then show this person. Cause Use a like, current picture. How hard is that? Yeah, it doesn't look like him. So anyway, Brian tells us he's having weird, weird dreams and a whiteboard fell off his wall. Right. <laughs> Did you also notice, though, that there was a poster in the background that said that Brian Kalick playing this night? Yes, I did. And so I'm wondering, did he do the soundtrack? Quite possibly. This. I did not watch the musician. credits because once this ended, I turned it off. But <laughs> I was done with it. I was absolutely done. I did. So I did Google Chad because I figured he was in a band mm-hmm. with all this music. Yeah. I, I didn't find anything for him, but I didn't look up Brian. Yeah. I and feel I like bet it was you're Brian. right. Brian and me, well, later Joe. Yeah. And some friends. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so this, I guess the evidence you were talking about, there was also. They also show a picture that was thrown to the ground, mm-hmm. but it's literally a picture of a picture laying on the ground. <laughs> I don't understand Does how that's evidence. Does have a cat? I don't right. Know. I mean, do you guys have cats? They knock shit off all the time. They don't give a f about what it is. <laughs> they will knock it off. And if you were downstairs and you hear this crashing noise and you go upstairs and there's a picture on the ground and your cat's not right by it, you're like, oh, a spirit did this. No. It's kind of the theme for this entire documentary. Right. Like, oh, here's the aftermath of what I assume is paranormal activity. Yeah. Okay, well, there might be another side to that, but whatever. Uh, So then we hear more from Brian, who talks about, like, his family, his mom. Deb. Deb. (laughs) She had instant mood changes. There were times where she would have drastic mood changes. She would go from instantly being happy to mad as you can be, face would change, contorted, you couldn't reason with her, uh, go overboard. Right, when they moved into the Iowa house. Right. One minute she'd be fine, the next minute she'd kind of go off on a tangent or... Well, these were my thoughts from that observation of Brian's. Was she going through depression? Yeah. Menopause? Yeah. I don't know much about menopause. I don't know, but you know. <laughs> I, surprisingly, I don't. Um, but I was just uh, instant mood changes. I'm like, I feel like I have instant mood changes, and I'm yeah. a 31 year old male who is, I think, chemically balanced. But we don't yeah. know. <laughs> like, I mean, I, if you you bottle something up for so long, and then 
you trip on a kid's freaking Lego in the middle of the living room and you go off on somebody. Right. Like, and her husband had almost been burned to death. Like, yeah. She's, she's got to live through that trauma. Yes. Yeah, like, who wouldn't have mood changes? I mean, like, and raising, what, two t- two teenage sons? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I would be insane. <laughs> you probably would be, Charles. I, yeah, Don't I'm, have kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then they delve deeper into Deb's history. Yeah. Do you want to go into that? Yeah. Sure, yeah. They, they kind of mention, they know a little bit about her past. She grew up in a violent area. They think that her household was rather abusive. And then her brother gets hooked on LSD while in the military, apparently, and actually kills their mom. Yeah, so their uncle, Chad and Brian's uncle Butch, has a rock and is saying he's going to kill himself. Because he thinks he's the devil. Because, yeah, he thinks he's the devil. And the mom their grandma intervenes and she ends up getting murdered by Butch yeah. by smashing this. She gets a stone smashed into her yeah. head and that would be super tragic. Traumatic. Yeah. For anybody. We, um, but they don't say if anybody saw, I mean, I, somebody true. had to have seen, I would think, but I mean, like if, if Deb, who's the mom saw this, I feel like yeah. that's going to be even more ab- trauma on top of abuse and stuff. She's already suffered. Yeah, anytime a sibling would kill your parents. I mean, I can't imagine. <laughs> Things I mean, aren't going to end well. Charles thinks it's hilarious, but I think it's rather tragic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, this whole documentary, it's just, it's yeah. hard to take seriously it for is. me. But Brian goes on to say that he thinks that some ancient old thing has been following his family right. around. And I, to him, I say, no, that's drugs. Yeah. It's not an ancient old thing. It was the drugs. Like, it's not. But you do you. Whatever you need to cope with life. And then there's some more dramatic music. Yes, I have drama in all caps. And a close-up on Chad's face. Mm-hmm. Where this was so... <laughs> I think this is the point where I broke. I was just like, what is happening? Because dramatic music, close-up on Chad's face, and we get... A poem or sound lyrics or maybe a combo of both. Or time stands still. Or my desire for answers wage war on my conscience. For the search for the truth has never held a greater value. Yet I fear the process. And then we kind of back away, and Chad is on the tracks again, and Ryan's also there, and it's just this weird... It's like an engagement video. <laughs> I'm sorry, it is. It is. It should be. <laughs> I ship them so hard. It's just so weird. It's like, what are you doing? I And yeah, like, it's part engagement video, it's part music video, it's part poetry. I don't... I don't think they really knew what the mission for this documentary was. No. They didn't have a clear vision, and it just kind of got put into the blender, and they're like, well, let's serve this up to the public and see who wants to watch it. <laughs> and unfortunately, we did. We did. I don't recommend you do. That's why we're here, people. We love you. you so much that you don't have to watch this. We did it for you. And at the end of this weird montage, Chad is like, he has to talk to his parents about yep. their worst fears, and it has to do it in the sanctuary. Of their own home. 
Right, which I misinterpreted as the original home in Persia. Yeah. It's not. No. Um, it's a cute little house. It is, It's yeah. not creepy. No, it's not creepy. And then I was like, Chad, where are you going to take him? To the tracks? I mean, what are you... Yeah. The only place he knows. <laughs> the tracks. <laughs> so I have it going next into Rod. Yep. Rod Chaz's is his dad. dad yeah. yeah. The Rod interview. And the first thing I have to I have after that is Ryan is telling us to the camera that he was pissing. Yes. Which he describes as pissing. And then he hears a growl. I went to the bathroom to take a piss. And as I was taking a piss, I thought I heard like the slow growl. And so I kind of stopped. And then I heard it again. Very loud. Very distinct. Growling sound. I first thought maybe it was a truck passing by. No, no, this was a growl. From, I guess, the glass shower or the sliding shower doors, he Mm -hmm. hears a growl. And the sliding glass doors start to shake. What did you think about that? <laughs> it was just so random. And I I was taken back by the fact that he was like, I just wanted to take a piss. Okay. I guess we'll just take your word for it. And yeah, so I had this down because I was like, they don't really ever talk about anything like that happening again within the house. It just no. seemed kind of like, let's throw some extra yeah. shit onto the fire. Yeah, we're and- here. Stuff starts happening right away, apparently. And they're going to believe this. Because yeah. I I was like, whatever. Ryan. I was. <laughs> like. Just pee, man. Just maybe like, it was. Yeah, there was no growl. Maybe it was your stomach. You're hungry. Yeah, you're very maybe. Thin. Eat maybe. a sandwich. <laughs> Eat a sandwich, Ryan. Get some carbs <laughs> up in you. So then they start interviewing Chad's dad outside for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And we, we learn how he was burnt. Right, which, you know, looking at him, and I don't know any burn victims, I was like, his his face, oh, his yeah. whole head looked very healthy, but then I noticed his hands and stuff, like... Oh, did you? I was kind of looking, but I didn't really notice a whole lot. It was more after the interview, and he was, like, up on the deck with his mm. PBR, yeah. and you could see his hand, and it was, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, there's... Yeah. But yeah, he was in a really shitty accident... And he wasn't, like, in a car accident. He was working, and some guy did something, and it caused him to catch on fire. We don't have to spend a lot of time here, but I was just like... So some guy brings up a five-gallon bucket of gasoline and puts it right next to Ron. Great. Rod. Rod. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, where he's using a torch, mm-hmm. and the sparks catch this bucket on fire, so he tries to move it, trips, falls... Dumps the bucket onto himself, and now he's a human ball of flame, which is really unfortunate. Why are you just carrying around five-gallon buckets of gasoline? That's a good question. I don't understand. Did they not have safety protocol back then? I don't know. I don't know. It was the 80s. I mean, it wasn't like the 60s. No. Yeah. You would think... Anyway. I would say Rod seems very sincere and grateful. Like, he seems like the most decent, normal, and by normal, I mean, quote unquote normal. I mean, normal for Iowa. Yeah. God bless you, Iowa. But he, yeah, he's, um, yeah, this, I mean, he has a, basically a come to Jesus moment after this because mm -hmm. he wasn't so much a believer, but after he lived through this, he became more religious. It sounds like. Right. And he, and he talks about how that when he was being taken to the hospital, 
um, after his burning and when he was in the hospital, he was drawing energy from them. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of strange. And I don't know if he means like he took strength from her, like Mm -hmm. you're going through a really crappy time in your life, you have good friends, you take strength from them. But to me, it almost seemed like he was sucking energy out of her. Yeah, because he said she would come and like put her hand on his head Mm -hmm. and he would draw the energy from her. Not exactly sure what that means. I don't know. I, I don't know either. In any case, he gets better. I mean, he gets better, which is awesome. And the doctors, like, he basically kind of checks himself out. And the doctors say he's not going to do well Mm -hmm. at home. They didn't want him to leave, but... They said he was going to get an infection. Right. And die. And... But he didn't. He didn't. So then he talks about how they've been moving to Persia. Or they moved to Persia. And he had a dark feeling about their new home. So we found this place in Persia, Iowa. And she was instantly attracted to it. Since she just had to have it. When I pulled up, I didn't want to get out of the car. I didn't want it. What feeling was it? Yeah, I didn't know. I just had a, uh, just a, a dark feeling, uh, just a resistance, like don't get out of the car. And I don't know why Rod says that, you know, maybe after he survived this burn, he had um, some issues. Right. Or a connection to the other side. Yeah, that's quite possible. Yeah. Or he's just making this all up now. Who knows? <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, maybe he felt <laughs> pressured by this documentary to say, I felt, you know, I had this Maybe dark he feeling. just didn't want to move to Iowa. So, listeners, if you've had a dark feeling, Ooh. please let us know. And let us know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's really interesting because I don't discount it. I just would like no, to know yeah. more about it. Like, what was the feeling? Where were you? Did anything come of it? Right. And what do you think caused it? Yeah. So, I think that's a really good They talked discussion. about... Um, I used to watch Ghost Hunters a lot, and they would talk about, like... Uh, electric magnetic fields okay and how it would make people feel weird or if you walk into a house and the floorboards or the house is kind of tilted in one way i could see that it just makes you feel weird so what causes the electromagnetic field though do you know like what does um, that mean bad wiring oh it's an actual like electromagnetic field. So there's like, electricity in the yeah. air from actual electricity. Yeah, and it, it like affects that. people more than others. And I don't know if that's the case in this at all. But that's what Ghost Hunters taught me. So That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Anyway, the mom says she feels like she was drawn to this house. Right, yeah. Which... And again, Dad was like, I didn't really want to do it, but I guess he gave in to his wife. So. Yeah, and it doesn't elaborate on why she was drawn to the house. Yeah. Like, she doesn't say, I love this floor plan, or I've right. always loved this style of house. Because I was like, why, why would I be drawn to a house? Well, I love craftsman-style houses with mm-hmm. front portrait. Like, I can right. tell you why. It's not like right. a... Or the land, or... Right. It has the, a pond. The neighborhood. <laughs> the yeah. neighborhood. It has a pool. Yeah, it has a pool. <laughs> with a cabana. It has that sexy lawn guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right? (laughs) But anyway, the power goes out. Shit. (laughs) Yep. The screen goes black, and I thought Hulu, like, was resetting itself. Me too, because Hulu is buggy as hell. Oh, yes. But it turns out it was just a shorted extension cord. Yep, to their main camera. Or the devil. We we don't really know. The devil, ghosts, demons, legion, we don't know. Bad wiring. My next thing after that was, why is the mom storming around in the background? <laughs> She's acting like one of the 
Oh, we oh, we oh, from Wizard of Oz. She's like marching up onto the deck in a tizzy yeah. with this blazer on. And she, I, I don't know, like I was just like this. Bla- bla- it's like a blazer and flip flops, which is an odd combination. <laughs> she wanted to look professional up here, casual down there. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Like a mullet. Yeah. Professional in front. Party in the back. Mm-hmm. Well, Chad starts talking about how he remembered her being possessed or whatever that one time. And she gets pissed about it or defensive. Throws her beer and mm-hmm. storms into the house. Was it a beer? Because I... I like to that. imagine it was a beer. Well, I, I had said that earlier. I was like, what is she doing with... Is she drinking? Like, does she have an alcohol problem? Yeah. Now that she has a problem. But they were all drinking. Yeah. Which... It's fine, but I'm like, if you're going to be talking about these experiences you've had... Perhaps you be a little more professional. Right. I don't know. So then they ask if they can film the interaction. Yeah, Ryan basically asked, like, yeah. is there a place where we can, you know, film what they're talking about? Because Chad went after But in mom. secret. But in secret, yeah. yeah. So creeping on the family, uh, which they do. Mm-hmm. And we kind of hear that the mom... Doesn't really remember what just happened. What did I say? You turn around and said, you got what you want now, so leave. And and you... I honestly don't remember. You said you took from me and now I'm going to take from you. It's trying to to start trouble with us. Yes, it is. Chad's like, you just said this. You know, you told me, like, you take everything and you leave. And she's like, I don't remember saying that. Yeah. And then she gets... Attack? Attack slash hit. I, we hear like we don't see it, but we hear a commotion where it sounds like she's maybe her chair is tipping over or something. Yeah, I I assumed that her chair tipped backwards. Yeah. and this here's where I wrote my thought: Is she an alcoholic? <laughs> Did she like pass out maybe, or you know, kind of lose her balance? And then I thought, is she acting? Yeah. Um. Because, and then she goes, she's like, are the cabinets okay? Yeah, it was, she was so worried about those cabinets. So maybe they just had them refinished. I don't know. Yeah, but. so you hear this banging noise, <laughs> and she was apparently sitting in front of this wall of cabinets. Yeah. And she's worried about the cabinets being okay. She's checking on the cabinets, and I don't know. Like, I was just like, this is not real. I, yeah, it wasn't. It didn't feel real. It just didn't. Yeah. And again, like I said, the camera angle was such that we could see Chad, but we couldn't see his mom. So we don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. She kind of explains like something went through her chest, knocked her back into the cabinets. And then Chad decides like, oh, this is getting too real. We should leave because every time I'm here, I stir up activity because Chad thinks everything revolves around him. Chad. Such a Chad thing to do. (laughs) You know, every Chad I've known is just an ass. Self-centered. Yes. Uh, Sorry to the other Chads that aren't like that. If you're a good Chad, let us know. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Well, was she tipping back in her chair? Because I remember doing that all the time when I'd be like at the dining room table. And my parents like, put your chair on the ground. Parents and teachers, stop rocking in your chair. I mean, that's kind of where my mind goes. Like, she was tipping back in her chair because she's drunk. And she's like, this is fun. And then she hits her head. And then she's like, oh no, a spirit went through me. And then we get into... I can't admit that I'm drunk. It was a ghost. (laughs) I'm going to use that next time. (laughs) That is very clever. Note to self, you guys. (laughs) If you're drunk and someone calls you out, say no. No. It was a spirit. 
That's a button idea. No, it was a spirit. Ask me how. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go into Rod exercising his wife. Yes. So then we just all of a sudden cut to Deb, like, halfway on the floor. Chad is trying to, like, lower her onto the floor slowly. Her shirt is slipping up. Well, she's already pulled up a couple times when she was showing us where she got hit. That's true. She's, I sent you that picture today. She's all about... Showing her tatas. But she shouldn't be. Just saying. But she has a bra on, I think. Yeah. But she's not afraid of, you know, showing you full frontal. In documentary. <laughs> like it's National Geographic. <laughs> I mean, really. Should we call it an ambulance? No, no, no. I take care of this all the time. Ow. All right. Get out. Yeah. You leave without a doubt. You want it? By the power of Jesus Christ, you come out of her now. <laughs> Are you all right? I'll leave some stuff with you guys. All right. Um, this is all been blessed. He's mad at you. Hmm? Okay. He's mad at you. I'm telling you. Let's sprinkle some holy water on you as well. Yeah. Do you mind? Mama's on the floor. She's in a quote-unquote trance. And Ryan steps in. To... Sprinkle her with holy water. Cold holy water. Cold holy water, which I was like, did he have this in the freezer, in a cooler? Like, how is it that cold? Because I've never pictured holy water as being cold. I always think of it like just being out at room temperature. He's just trying to be nice, I think. By putting cold water on her? Well, I mean, just giving her a warning. Like the doctor, you know? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, that happens, and... Uh, Deb laughs because she's like, it tickles. Oh, it's cold. It's cold, yeah. Yeah. And she says that it didn't burn her like the previous priest's water did on her. No. um, And the dad is acting so weird. He is. He's, it's like he's just kind of feeding into her act. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's like, oh yeah, this is what happens. And we kind of hear him trying to exercise her. I think like you said earlier, um, it just seems weird. I don't know. And so, and another one of my thoughts was this whole family is acknowledging this thing. And so I'm like, is it giving it power? Kind of right. like, not like giving a demon power, but just like, is the whole family buying into this? Like it's a mass thought, not mm-hmm. hysteria. Um, and then my other thought was that this is the poor man's ghost hunter or whatever, ghost adventures, or whatever that show on a is. <laughs> yes. I think it's a I was just like, Wow. Yeah. I mean, the mom is acting out, I think. And Mm -hmm. and yeah, like you said, they're just kind of like playing, the dad and the son are playing into it, Mm -hmm. giving into it, giving her attention. So, but Chad does it. He does kind of ask the question after this scene, like, is this spiritual or is it medical? Like, he's open to the medical possibility that his mom is just mentally not well and might need some help so at that point in the documentary i was like okay thank you like you're admitting that there Mm. are other things besides being possessed by the devil which i was thankful for yeah so then my next bullet i guess is that we have we go to march of 1994 and i say oh shit ed and lorraine warren (laughs) (laughs) which i i knew from the conjuring movies is the only i guess exposure that i've had to them um, yeah, I asked this young coworker of mine today. I'm like, do you know who Ed and Lorraine Warren is? And she's like, no. Okay, fine. I'm old. But they've been around forever. Mm-hmm. They are the go-to people if you are poseist. Yeah. And so we're teased with that. 
Right. But it is not them that come. True. <laughs> it is a man named Richard Jackson. So yeah, back in 1940, 1944. God damn. 19... 1994. <laughs> <laughs> a friend of Chad's parents... Gets this guy, Richard Jackson, mm-hmm. to come in and investigate that the he's a medium and he comes to investigate all the activity that they're and having. And he wants to take notes. And so there's, in one of the evidence pictures that is sent in, a picture of a cradle rocking on its own, which you can't tell because it's a picture. It's a still picture. But the creepiest thing is the baby slash hobo doll. Oh. In the background. I didn't even notice it. That's... I didn't even focus on the cradle. <laughs> there was this creepy-ass doll in the closet, like, at the bottom. And oh, it, really? And I'm not usually creeped out by dolls, and I, I don't think I am creeped out by dolls, but it just seemed like this is what a creepy doll would look like, and that's... I don't know why I call it, it a hobo doll. Like, it just... It looked like it was lost, like it didn't belong there. I don't know. Um, and another piece of evidence, maybe you have more... But the picture of Deb's hair being pulled. Yes! Seriously. Seriously. It's her hair Has is it been? stretched out yeah. or lengthened behind her on a pillowcase. Bedhead. While her husband is, is Again, shirtless. shirtless. And he's just like, oh. And I was like, you were pulling her hair. You were pulling we know her it. hair or she just woke up from a nap. I don't know. It wasn't it's... getting pulled by a spirit, <laughs> Rod. It was you. We know it was you. You were pulling her hair because she asked. Just get a divorce. We okay? don't know. <laughs> I guess we don't know. I don't know. I'm making a lot of assumptions, but it's very hard to believe. But so are they. I mean, yeah. you want us to believe a photograph of a hair out of place. I mean, we can put anything in photographs. As we learned with Stan. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the girl's face. I mean, you can stage anything in a photograph. It just... it. I don't how they. I don't understand how they are positing this as evidence because it's. It's not. It's not. But apparently, he does collect a lot of evidence. Uh, he writes up a report. Mm-hmm. Um, In terrible handwriting. Terrible handwriting. But I did try to read some of it. They show the reports on the screen. Mm-hmm. He lists them, you know, like A through E. I got. Did you get those? <laughs> I I only took the last part. <laughs> The last part. <laughs> With the devil strength diabolical. Yeah. Well, that was yeah. the first. That was A. Oh, okay. Devil strength diabolical infestation. Would you rather be infested by roaches, mice, or the devil? Right, exactly. I'm like, is that the same as termites or is it different? B was apparently Rod mistakenly promised his soul to the devil. I did not see that. That's yeah. fascinating. We learn more about that later. Okay. See, the family has moral value and credibility, so he thought they were, you know, a sane family with good people. <laughs> D said, witnessing the phenomenon of, oh, ph- phenomenon beyond any shadow of a doubt, so he saw a lot of evidence. Mm-hmm. And E, in similar situation, the laying of hands, blessing of the family, and exercising the home should be considered. So those were kind of his main bullet points uh, in his report. He said he saw... The hurling of religious objects, levitations, and her demonic talk. Yeah, some a disembodied voice saying, yeah. I am Legion. Yeah, of course, I am Legion. I mean, right. of course. I don't know. I We don't ever see levitation. It's the one line that the devil has every time he comes to Well, visit. and wasn't the second Exorcist movie about Legion? 
I'm yeah, I sure. know it was in one of those Exorcist yeah. movies. Yes. So it, it seems, it seems like they are basing this off of a movie script or yeah. a book, playing it up. Yeah, I don't know. But apparently, this letter was claimed to have been sent to Ed and Lorraine Warren. Right. But they never investigated. They never responded. No one. Yeah, he promises no that they'll come back mm-hmm. to kind of help them, but nobody ever does, and they. They claim that they call him over and over again, but to no avail. Yep. And so part of me is wondering, did they pay him to come do this? Is he a charlatan like oh, he yeah, collected? I don't know. I would assume. I would assume. Right. Cause they, and they don't talk about that, which I feel like they would want to talk about that to expose him as a fraud. Like, right. he charged us this much money to do, you know, do this analysis and nothing ever happened. And then he disappeared. And then he... Cause why else, like, are you going to go to someone's house for free, spend time with them for free, write up a report, and not profit? No. He's a horrible businessman if he did. I charge $5 a word when I do reports, actually. <laughs> You're like Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> <laughs> um. so, so, yeah, nothing comes of this. Yeah, report. nothing happens from that report. So then we get into, I guess, kind of the history of the area starting with 1912 in Erlene, Iowa, where Anna Eklund was apparently possessed, vomited her body weight in a 12-hour period during her possession. It's a lot of vomit. Right? (laughs) I I guess, like, I I mean... I mean, I assume. How do they they weigh the vomit? How did they weigh it? Because I've vomited a ton, and I've done it into the toilet. Did she have to vomit into a bucket on a scale maybe i feel like this is just speculation speculation so we get into this anna eklund because chad has these dates oh yeah yeah, yes 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 that he connects with his family so june 12th and june 18th right what'd you have written for june 18th that was that was eklund june 12th was where the bodies were found Mm -hmm. from the axe murders yeah, so an hour from Persia, where they where Chad's family lived, an hour away, there was the Velisca Axe Murder House. Which where... you may have heard of. I've heard of that before. Have you heard of that? I have not. Oh. I live in some kind of secluded bubble, apparently. <laughs> well, I like a lot of true crime, so I've heard of this murder before. And eight people died. Yeah, and the killer was never found. Yeah. But the, the thing is, so I looked this up because I had to. The murders take place take place the 9th or the 10th. But the bodies weren't found but until the 12th. But the bodies weren't found the 12th. So it's like, okay, well, that's kind of a connection to his parents' anniversary, which is June 12th. Right. So, so yeah, Chad's trying to claim that June 12th, were that's his parents' anniversary, and that's when the bodies were found. And then... Dun, dun, dun! Chad's birthday is June 18th, which is when Anna Eklund was possessed. Dun, dun, dun! Do we know she was possessed that exact day? We no. don't. Do we know? And the bodies were found on the 12th. So what? Like, that was yeah. my... I mean, it is kind of weird. I will grant you that. But is it something to make a case out of? Like, is it a direct correlation to why you're being haunted by these things that happened outside of where you live? I don't think so. I don't think so. No. No, Chad. Absolutely not. Then we get into Chad's former classmates are killing themselves. Because they know Chad. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Wow, that was terrible. 
tr- 13 of Chad's <laughs> friends from Iowa have committed suicide. Right. Which is kind of a lot. But I grew up in small-town America. We had a 1,000 people, so even more than this town. What was your suicide rate? I don't know. It, pro- it wasn't this high for sure. But I kind of get it. Like, I kind of get small-town Midwest. There's just not a lot of... Escape. Escape. Exactly. And if you're different or if you have different feelings, you might just feel trapped. Even... What do you mean by different and different feelings? (laughs) Are you asking me that as a gay man? Because... I am. I feel like you're leading me. Uh, Yeah, homosexuality. Definitely. Okay. I mean, I feel like that's... It's a pertinent thing to talk about in the Midwest and... It's probably not a place where you want to come out. Just different mental problems. I come from a town where I grew up with, you know, Jesus can fix it. And if he can't... Then you're fucked. Then you're fucked. Like, you can't... Medication? What? Therapy? What? No, you don't need that shit. That's just voodoo Yeah. magic. Like, and I feel like this is probably a case of that where people feel stuck. Or either that or... And I meant to look it up, and I apologize that I didn't because I really wanted to, but poverty or job availability or, you know, like... Not being able to provide for yourself yeah. or your family. I don't know if this is a part pressure. of an Iowa where there's just nothing else around. And yeah. if you can't get a job in the one grocery store that's that's there, what else are you supposed to do? I don't know. That's a really deep conversation yeah. to go down. I mean, there's probably multiple areas where... But they just kind of briefly touch on this in the documentary. Yeah. And so, I mean, we're in the Midwest. We can right. raise that information, right? <laughs> I feel like we can. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, <laughs> you do, I grew up in Kansas? Wichita, Kansas. Yeah. I will tell you. And so, you know, you don't... Wichita's big, and there's a lot of opportunity. But, I mean, I don't know. That was... It's Wichita is the smallest belt. town, I guess, yeah. that I lived in. And so, I mean, it was a big town. But yeah, it's Bible Belt. But I'm, I I can't imagine living somewhere smaller and not being able to connect with people mm-hmm. if you were different. Or, yeah, you didn't have a job. Or how? There's, maybe you were just an atheist. Yeah, um, you you're going to feel terrible about yeah. that. There's probably a ton of familial pressure on people there. So, And um, also, maybe you're wearing those damn... Jane Seymour necklaces that I saw one of the women wearing. The open heart? Is that what it's called? Sounds like surgery. Makes me crazy. It should not be called a necklace. (laughs) I just noticed it because I remember all the commercials and I I just specifically told Ryan, I'm like, do not buy me one of those necklaces. Does that mean she's engaged? What does an open heart necklace symbolize? Symbolize. You're a straight woman. Tell me. Love. I don't know. I don't know. I hated it so much. The design. I hated it. So do not send <laughs> an open heart necklace as a gift to Celesta. She will not accept it. I, Charles, will. I don't. Charles Maybe. Will. I might put it as jewelry for my cats. We don't know. Well, the cats could wear it. Definitely. Yeah. So getting back into it, one of his, I guess, previous classmates questions, is there a burial ground in the area? Right. Which I, I also questioned because I've seen poltergeist. It's interesting that Anne points out the potential of a burial ground, as many in the area seem to share her sentiment. And if you look at the history of Iowa, there is some validity to that theory. 
Iowa itself, for all intents and purposes, was the site of a massive Indian genocide. Guess what? Native Americans were once in Iowa. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. Native Americans lived in America. That's in what Iowa. we learned from this documentary. <laughs> and they called them Indians. Yep, they throughout did. Throughout this whole thing. They did. We're not trying to be offensive by anything we described, so we are just describing what we saw. And like I said, they, they called them Indians. We'll call them Native Americans. They say that the Native American tribes were forced to give up their land and were driven out by military force, which my question was, isn't that in the entire right. entire America was yes. they were driven out and forced to give up their yes. land by military force? Do you have anything else to add about that? No, they just kind of finished the this segment with um, Chad kind of questioning if it was a haunting or just mass hysteria. Which, again, I give him props because... Could be either or. Yeah. So then, bum bum bum, we bring in the investigative team. Oh shit. Of Justin, Joe, Mary Beth, and Sergey. Sergey? They Sergi. call him Sergey. Oh, I but think it's, it's pronounced Sergey. I would say Sergey too, but they call him Sergey. It's a very <sighs> Iowa thing to do. <laughs> yeah, he's Russian. Russian. Yes. Sergey. Russian. <laughs> kind of wanted to hear more from him, but we don't hear from I don't him. think he ever speaks during no. this entire thing. No. Poor guy. Charles really likes him. I mean, I just gotta... I, just I gotta, mean, he is Russian. I have to put things together where I can, okay? Like, to get me through this documentary, I had to imagine fake relationships <laughs> between these people. That's the only way I could make it through this. Well, I thought it was funny. I'm not sure if it was Joe or Justin, but one of the guys was in an interview and he was like, well, Chad likes to put me in position. It was Joe. <laughs> it was Joe. Oh, yeah. Of course. The better looking one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Not Chad... so great looking now. I Googled him. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I tried to see if he was married. Oh. He's on a second marriage. <laughs> well, Charles, you're married. I am married, but I just, I don't know. Like, I was interested to see, like, what he does. You never know. We don't know. You always get that one when you're married, right? Like, <laughs> the celebrity crush that your spouse lets you just... Go at, just in case. He is not my celebrity crush. We'll get that out of the way. But he was out of everybody. It's like, if the world was ending, that's the one I would make out with. Sure. I can see that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So now we go to Eastern Iowa, Davenport. But we skipped over, like, there was just this weird moment. I'm just going to bring it up because it was weird. Please do. Where they start to interview everybody in... They're in somebody's home. They're like, oh, thanks for coming. I'm glad you could all be here. And then, cut. And they go from the home to the car where Justin or Joe is like, oh, we just tried to shoot a scene, but it's not working because Chad isn't in the right headspace for it. So we just left Des Moines. Uh, And we just shot a scene. I, I think completely didn't work. I don't think Chad's thinking straight. He's trying to make a film, but at the same time, this whole situation with his parents is getting to him. I don't understand what that part was about. It didn't really have any credence to the rest of the movie. It was bad flow. It was bad editing. Yeah. They should have just cut that part out. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why they included it. And then they're talking about Chad like he's not even there, but then you see, oh, Chad is in the car with them. Right. And so it's like, are they trying to lead us to think that Chad's not in the right? Yeah. Is he possessed now? What's happening? It's a very... Poor editing choice, I would say. It's just bizarre. Not that I know anything about film editing, but yeah, it's just, it's very weird. Like, it it has, it doesn't... It feels like a mistake. Right, and it yeah. doesn't affect the rest of the movie. No. It's just like, 
And I, because I went back and I watched it again, and it's like, what was this about? Like, did I thought it, I missed something. Right, right, I did too. Like, I was it spaced out. Something? Yeah. No. But then they're in the car, and then they're going to investigate randomly. Then we get into ghost hunting. Right. Yeah. So now we're going to be ghost hunting actively with. Everybody. Oh man, this is bullshit. <laughs> but do you have feelings on this, Charles? This part that I was looking forward to the most was a letdown. Yeah. It I was. mean, I don't know what I would would expect, but it was just like I could have watched any other show about ghost hunting, and I would have seen the same shit. Like it's. Yep. So they go to the bag and paper company in Davenport, Iowa, where Chief Blackhawk and his people fought, mm-hmm. which. I'm like, is that the only place? I'm sure they fought lots of places. But they they are looking for activity. And Chad had been here before. Right. At the point of going here, and I didn't know this until I rewatched it, because the first time I watched it, I was like, what? I was just so confused. But the second time, I really tried to pay attention. She watched it a second time, people. Give her love. <laughs> well, so did you, didn't you? Yeah, I Sorry. did. When I, while I was working, so I was like kind of had it on the background, but I I was like, I can't do this again. Completely. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it a first time, but because we love you guys, we love you, (laughs) all of you. Suffered through a second time, and Chad wants to see. The purpose of going here is to see if the paranormal activity is directed toward him, like it was the last time he was there investigating, or if it's just kind of across the board. So again, Chad thinks that this is all about him. Right, and so I want to know, if it was directed toward him last time, was he there by himself? He was not by himself, I don't think. Okay. Because they show kind of evidence, but... That's right, they did, and that was kind of confusing, because they don't tell you... I mean, I guess they show that they give a date stamp, but they don't tell you that the next footage is present day. Yeah, it's kind of all just jumbled together. It is, and so there's something where he says, move something, and in that video, super overexposed. Yeah. You can't see anything. And then something bangs. Yeah. Point to a lot of stuff and I'm like, I don't see anything. I don't really hear what you're saying I'm supposed to be hearing, but okay. These people are fucking very demanding of the spirits. Like, they are just, like, being super... Provoking. Aggressive and provoking. Yeah. And then it seems like the activity is directed around Ryan the most this time. Yeah, that's right. And so, to provoke them, they say that was a shameful defeat... To provoke the Native Americans. Oh, damn. Which I thought was pretty... Shitty? Shitty. Super shitty. 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 (laughs) And then they talk about something was hitting the door, and there was an unexplained movement. I I don't know. It was was nothing mind-blowing. It was nothing conclusive. No. It was nothing I haven't felt like I've seen before on some random ghost hunting show. Right. And then they slow-mo everything again, and it's like, oh, God, just move on. Yeah. Like, I don't even give a shit They anymore. replay it for you, like, two times, yes. and it's it doesn't make it any clearer. You can't hear it any louder. <laughs> and, yeah, so, like, what you're saying, why was the activity focused on Ryan, not Chad? Uh-oh, Chad's being upstage is what my notes were. <laughs> because Ryan has Native American yeah. blood. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, And I was like, what, he's, like, 2% Cherokee or something? Who knows? We don't know, Yeah. They lead us with that. Yeah. So then we get to the Axe House. Is that your next house? house? Yep. Nope. The Axe murder that took place in Basilica, Iowa. Velisca. Uh, Velisca. Thank you. Basilica. That sounds very Italian. Just trying to class it up a bit. 
So the reason they go here is, and again, I had to watch it a second time to get their what the frick they were doing. Brian, Chad's brother, thinks that it's because there's a evil spirit connected to the family. So in theory, when Chad goes to a place where something evil happened, he should be able to provoke something evil. That and Chad believes, you know, the dates again are significant. So two days after the murders was his parents' anniversary and that's when the bodies were found. So they're like, hey, let's go investigate here. Maybe we can get something. And then we immediately hear from a guy from the film crew who saw the closet door closing. John Paicha, the director of photography. Yeah. We had a little bit of downtime because of the rain waiting to shoot. So I decided to go into the Axe House by myself and uh, just wandered around from room to room. Looked in the closet and uh, walked away from it and I turned around and was looking the other way and the door shut. We don't see it. Uh, we don't see it. We don't hear it. No. <laughs> I'm going to have to go there someday because we drive through Iowa all the time. It's so not that far from no, here. No, it's not. We're using a road trip. Let's do it. Haven't neat and Ryan drive us. <laughs> we can drink wine in the backseat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's legal here. It's fine. <laughs> we get in there and we're just obnoxious. So I think it's clear that this following you should go on a ghost hunting tour together. <laughs> I've done one in San Antonio. Really? Yes. It was pretty cool. It was really historical. I, like, I didn't see anything, but it was kind of fun because it started at like 1130 at night and Ooh. my dad and I walked through San Antonio and it was a walking tour and I don't know. I feel like we should do that just to kind of be I like, did a one. bus tour in Atchison, Kansas. Yeah. They just drove you around like, oh, this house is haunted. This oh. house is haunted. You didn't get to go in and Oh, see, I like the walking ones. Yeah, like to, that like, sounds... be in the place yeah. and, like, do that shit. That sounds way better. Yeah, so I laughed because Ryan was like, you took an axe to babies. <laughs> Called out the, the axe murderer. Yeah, murder. And he's like, we are the people you should be proving that to. Like, Ryan is saying that he is the end-all be-all of ghost hunters. Like, you should prove that you are a spirit to me because I am 26 years old and I run the Paranormal Research Society and... <laughs> Out of Pennsylvania, suck my USA. Bee. Yeah. I mean, it was just... It was... But... Yeah. And then there was the apparition movement. Yeah. And the striking sound. What did you think about that? Uh, I saw, like, a reflection of light. That's what I thought, too. And I was like, that looks like if you move a watch or right. something that reflects light. Like, it wasn't... Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what an apparition movement looks like, but I know when I'm, like, laying in bed at night and I'm on my phone, needs to sleep, the lights are out, and I have my phone light and, like, hits the mirror and, like, moves. Right. Like, it, yep. it was not... Not conclusive. No, it was... I, I wanted it to be, I guess, conclusive. And I don't know. I wasn't there to experience it. Mm -hmm. But... It was just... There's just too many what-ifs. Right, yeah. And then we get to Chad being in pain. Oh, God. Chad. Drama queen. Drama queen. And I wrote, not surprised because you're an overweight chain smoker. Like, you're not the healthiest person. you got to climb up those stairs. Yeah, bro. exactly. And they show him in a crouched position for a while. And I'm like, yeah, you probably got a cramp. I said it's indigestion. <laughs> <laughs> Indigestion, yes, yeah. exactly. Like, I, yeah. Okay, I mean. So yeah, so so Chad's in pain. He's like, ah, and he's he's milking it worse probably than the World Series soccer players that I've seen like <laughs> being injured, whatever. He's he's in super pain. 
It's just like a runner. It's like a bad runner's cramp. You're like when you run. Is it the same one that you had on? Opposite side though. Opposite side. He's got to leave the house. Right. But then he's back. Then he's back. But then he's back. Yeah. And, and I, they really don't mention it again. It's right. like. He's huh? like, he he got a prednisone shot. He took a <laughs> shot of vodka. He got steroids. Some, we don't know. We don't know. So then Ryan is still filming, bless his heart. And he says there's movement in the closet. Right. Why so don't we see it? Did you see movement in the no. closet? No. I and he either. voices his opinion, though, later about not being able to catch the closet closing the door again or the ball rolling again. Right. So then we do see some footage from previous investigators who were able to catch footage, which yes. was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. So Johnny Hauser, yeah. who I guess, I don't know, oh, is the photographer of the place, but he took pictures of Ryan and Chad. Ah. And there was a blur and a white mist over them. Okay. I had a real problem with this. Because <laughs> you're the photography person, please tell me. He says he takes three photos, three consecutive photos, bang, bang, bang. He said he just pushes the button, takes a picture, doesn't mess with flash, doesn't mess with anything. Well, the first two photos are covered in like a white mist or like they're just. Mist. <laughs> There's something milky over Chad and Ryan. Um, and then the third one turns out fine. But. The first two are obviously in broad daylight. Like, you can see the background. You mm. can see the foreground. You can see everything. The third one, complete darkness behind them. Complete dark. You can't see a damn thing behind them. So, either all three were taken at the same time and he used a flash to back, you know, to light the front, mm. a.k.a. the bodies of Chad and Ryan, and make the background look like it was dark. Or that third photograph was taken long after the first two, after darkness. And the ones in the light easily could have been, like, the sunlight coming through and messing with his photography. That's all I... I'm glad that you explained this because my note was, <laughs> Celesta, do you believe this? Because I know your experience now. No, the second time I watched it, I was like, wait a second, that third photo looks like it's at nighttime. The first two look like it's afternoon time. So, yeah. mm, something fishy going on. It's, yeah. So, Johnny Hauser was the person that did, yeah. took these pictures. Um, and his friend Ro, no last name, very Madonna, uh, filmed the door <laughs> closing and the ball rolling. Yes. And, sure, they look legitimate. Could I do that myself? Of course I could. Yep. So, for the sake of this documentary... I will believe. I want to believe. I do want to believe. Okay, I just want people to know, like, I want to believe. I do believe that there's a spiritual element to our world, that things can happen. But I also believe that there's charlatans. And if I can make a buck making a shitty documentary... I'm going to make a buck. I'm going to make a buck. Yeah. So then we get to my next note. Is Brian is getting attacked again. Again. Brian, why are you like Princess Peach? Brian feels left out. Brother in need, man. And then his roommate, Corey, <laughs> quote unquote, C hyphen bone, end quote, <laughs> brown. I could not take this seriously. I mean, Corey, C bone, brown, woke up Brian from a nightmare and Brian thought he was being attacked. 
Who no, hasn't dude. been there? Who hasn't been broken, woken up suddenly and just been like, Wah! I've been woken up from several nightmares, and I've never felt like I was being attacked. Oh, really? Yeah. No. But, I mean, that's just me. I, I don't know how other people... Like, I'm very thankful when I get woken up from nightmares, because usually mine are, like... You don't swing your arms wildly, like... Maybe once I punched okay. it in the face. <laughs> just See? once. See? That's what just, I'm talking about. Just once. I think the most important part is the roommate says, like... What do you think is going on inside your house? Nothing. Nothing. Brian, Brian and his nightmares. Also, I wanted to know, is Corey watching him sleep? Yeah, Or Corey. do they sleep in the same room? What are you doing, Corey? Because I feel like when you're roommates with somebody, you, at least all my roommates, we slept in, like, opposite ends of the apartment or the house, like... You had your own bedroom. Right. I, I didn't know how they slept, so... That was, that was... So okay. then we get to, I guess, them investigating the house, and I just wrote, Chad is being super bossy to Joe. <laughs> Lay down on the bed face first. I, I could not was, stop laughing. It was so weird. Yeah, like, tell him to lay down on the couch and ask to be held down by something. And Joe was just like, no, I'm not doing it. Well, and Joe also had previous experience with a black shadow. We have learned earlier. Was he raped by the black shadow? I mean, he seems to have some sort of trauma. Right, yeah. And he's like, I'm always the guinea pig. So then Mary Beth. He's Chad's the, guinea pig, if you yeah. know what I mean. This this is a hotbed of <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. Sexual intrigue. It's another documentary. Yeah. So Mary Beth, who's MB, she's like, I'll do it. I'll lay on that bed. Yeah. I'll get hold down by something. Hold me down. And there's only silence. Sorry, Mary Beth. This spirit is gay. <laughs> Sorry, MB. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And then they're they're trying to do this whole poor, Ouija board. Poor Charles, there is no spirit. I mean, let's just... There is no spirit. We'll agree on that. <laughs> I mean, I I mean, given given what we find out in the end, I mean, this is... Yeah. Hang yeah. in there. Hang in there. Stay with us, peeps. Yes, like you said, Charles, they try <laughs> to do a makeshift Ouija board, which is basically putting their hands on a glass... And asking spirits to move it. Spoiler, it doesn't. No. And then we get to Brian studying and, like, talking about his studying. And then he, he's smoking a blunt. Is that a blunt? He's smoking a I didn't blunt. notice it, but it very well could it, be. It's not... It is a blunt. But before that, even, like, Joe and Justin are like, Oh, my God. Your brother's studying physics and alternate dimensions and blah, 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 blah. But then, like... A minute later, Chad's like, he was a physics major at Iowa State. And I'm like, oh! Right. They make it seem like this huge deal that he, like, has these books. Yeah. And, like, if that's what you're interested in, then you're going to have books about that. Yeah. And it's not a big deal. Or if that's what your major is in college, yeah. you're going to have books about that. Right. Like, jeez. Ugh. Do your research. They try to make a mountain out of a molehill. Exactly. So, I... Brian gets high and then does an <laughs> EVP session in his own room. Yeah. And it's the Lord's Prayer backwards. Oh my God. This is the Lord's Prayer in reverse. This is what the Lord's Prayer says if you flip it around. Never help destroy. Hello, be an elite brother. Mark my name out. And I double with never-ending Satan's eternal self. Riots, he leads there. And I surreal. 
the sun, night, my shepherd, say another. Abunir, Hanai, her walk with, Hanai, he ruled with, her one, her viral name. Which he then plays backwards again. Oh, the backwards it can plays backwards. I thought it was supposed to be like forwards and then, <laughs> yes, thank you. I was like, I didn't think this is what it's going to sound like. <laughs> and then you hear the hiss of a disembodied voice. Okay. And then there's apparently a knocking sound. I could not hear it. I cranked up the volume to 85 on yeah, the TV. Yeah, I couldn't hear it either. Yeah, so he's apparently experimenting with EVP. Reverse EVPs. Yeah, it's... And he says it's God's purpose for him. So he's a little maybe high or off the rails. Both. Yeah. Both. Oh, and and then at the end they tell Chad, or not Chad, Brian, stop doing this. Right. I don't know if they think it's provoking something or they just think it's not good for his mental health. He's overstepping what God intended. Right. <laughs> exactly. Delete. By using all technology, the shit. he has overstepped what God intended. Yeah. Go pray. So then my next thing is, oh shit, Lorraine Warren. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> this like woman, I said, she'll be around forever. She's un, she's unsinkable, like Molly Brown. <laughs> she comes in because she's good friends with Ryan. He asked her to come and help with this case. Thank I, you for being a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Fly into Iowa. Yeah. Chad, I guess, is complaining to her about how this man came and researched his family, and she's like, please tell me it wasn't Jackson. Please don't tell me it's Jackson. It's Jackson. No. Don't tell me that. Oh, no. It was. It was. And he did not represent the Warrens. And he she was is a phony. P-I-S-E-D. Yes, she is. They never received it. They never, they never received, received his it. notes or anything. He was never part of their society. And then Chad wants Lorraine to meet his parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she agrees. Spends hours oh, yeah. listening to Chad. Hours. Listening to him and his story. Like, bless her heart. She has to be a saint. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure she is, but I, I couldn't listen to all that. No. And then, I mean, she's... She claims she's especially worried about Deb, his mom. Mm-hmm. And then we get another... Slow motion of Ryan... Yeah, exactly. ...walking away down the road. Cheese Slow motion. Yeah. Golly. I If just... we can cut those out. Like I said, this documentary... Oh, hour. my God. Half hour shorter would yeah. just been awesome. Terrible. 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 Ryan asks Chad to follow his lead and do whatever necessary to ensure that she, Chad's mom, gets help. We're moving on here. They're going to make out. They might. So then we get to Lorraine interviewing Deb. Yep. Deb said they used to go to church, but now she tunes into TV church. (laughs) It's much more convenient. I don't blame her at all for that. (laughs) Who wants to leave the comfort of their couch (laughs) to go be around other people? And I guess it's Ryan that says she has an opening for something to jump into. So he's, it's not your fault. You just have this gap in who you are, and something's going to jump into you. Yeah, Lorraine asked her a series of questions. She asked Deb if she thinks her life is all right, and Deb says it's better now than it has been in a long time. At which point I'm like, what? What are we doing here then? Why are we... 
what? I don't, I don't understand. Like, her life is good. And then Lorraine kind of doesn't, she just kind of like, oh, your life is good? Well. We're going to put you in holy water. Yeah. How do you feel about this holy water (laughs) that I'm getting out of my Gatorade bottle? It's a G2 Gatorade (laughs) bottle. Literally. She is toting (laughs) holy water in a Gatorade bottle, which I didn't notice until Celeste pointed it out to me. And I could not stop laughing. The second time I was watching, I was like, she is serious because she takes it in a plastic bottle because you know that that shit won't get crushed in yeah, anything. Yeah, I... There are no words. I remember being at a church. We went to a church with Ryan's dad, my husband's dad, uh, and my husband. And the, there was holy water you could collect. It was just coming out of this little fountain. And I thought, oh, I didn't know it was that easy. But, yeah. But what are you going to put it in? Plastic bottle, obviously. What makes it holy? Is it blessed by the priest? I don't know. I assume. I Yeah, that's what I assume, too. Just based yeah, on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Catholic <laughs> in our podcast. But. So she asked Deb, Chaz's mom, to bless herself with the holy water. Did you ever bless yourself with holy water? No. Bless yourself with this. No. Because I don't need that. I have God. Bless yourself with this, honey. I just told you no. I just said it. Holy water. What's it gonna hurt? Yeah, she's like, no. I, I'm saved by God. Like, I don't need to do this. And they're like, what what is it gonna hurt? You've done this before. So she does it, but she does it wrong. (laughs) According to Lorraine. She does this. She just makes a little cross on her forehead. So Lorraine's like, no, do the whole. Holy Trinity, cross across your chest. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Have you ever seen Superstar, the movie with Molly yes. Shannon? Father, Son, Holy Ghost. That's <laughs> what she needed to do with the holy water. She did it wrong. And early, three days earlier, they say she'd accepted it, the holy water. And yeah. now she's like, now. Nah. But I kind of get that. Jesus Christ said, Follow me, and you will be saved. So that's all I have to do. I don't need to be blessed by this water. I don't need to do these extra things. So I kind of get that, if she's holding true to her faith. Um, They make it seem like it's more of a resistance to putting holy water on her. But then she does it, and she doesn't have any strong reaction to it. No. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, whatever. But then, like, Lorraine and Ryan can't let it go. They really tried to provoke her, try to get some sort of reaction out of her. But nothing's really happening. So then they go outside and tell Chad he's going to He needs to revoke her. Yeah. And surprise, according to Lorraine, Deb isn't possessed. Yeah. She doesn't think she's actually possessed. She's, yeah, she doesn't think so. My thought... I'm like, this is so overly dramatic. Thank Ryan slapper kiss Chad <laughs> out of this funk. <laughs> oh fuck. There's music. Like slow shitty music. Poor Lorraine. Sweetie, yeah, go home. I felt like I spent two hours watching Chad sort of wrestle with the feelings of trying to provoke it, the spirit out of his mom. Terrible. It's terrible. It's oh, yes, horrible. But you're asking me to walk in and her until she flips the fuck out of this. You're asking me to do this to my mother? Fuck, dude. 
So he goes back in to provoke her. Deb is possessed. Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote. She just grunts and reaches. Does she... And this is why I said, does she have dissociative identity disorder? That was my question yes. at this point. Because... because- before you get into that, she does say a few things that we pick up on camera. I think they block a lot out. Yeah. But she says, he made me do bad things, and there were three of us girls. So right. immediately I kind of thought, okay, sexual abuse in the family. I don't know who. They don't say who, what, when, but you have to assume that the three daughters of the family, either the brother or the dad, were doing something. And... I know, Charles, you've got a little bit of the psychological background that could... I mean, I just... I went on Wikipedia because I don't have any of my psychology (laughs) books anymore. But with dissociative identity disorder, there's at least two distinct and relatively enduring personality states. Often, they have trouble remembering certain events, Mm. which grant her past... You know, she would be mad to block that out. But then, like, when she's like, I don't remember saying that to you. I don't know exactly how it works. But the cause of dissociative identity disorder is believed to be due to childhood trauma, sexual assault. And from early in the documentary, they talk about how she grew up in this violent neighborhood, was assaulted by her family. Her family was super abusive. And so that's kind of where my mind went automatically was like she's not possessed she has a lot of shit she hasn't been able to deal with mentally and she needs help she needs a lot of help so i guess chad does his thing and they go outside and i couldn't help but laugh at ryan's pet talk to chad (laughs) during chad's cigarette break he's like you were so brave you did good in there chad good happened in there all right you fucking had courage and you faced that fear, dude. Something very powerful in there just happened. That shit inside of her that was destroying her, it took you to let it out. So please do not beat yourself up. That was one of the bravest fucking things I've ever seen anybody do. Bro, you did it, bro. That needed to be said, bro. And it may have. Like, I I feel like they heard a lot from the mom that we didn't get to hear because it's private, and I get that. I think she admitted to a lot of psychological trauma from her childhood. Right. And we don't need to hear about that. And I think it was hard for Chad to hear about. But then Ryan gives him this pep talk, and it's just kind of... It is kind of comical... It's very dramatic. Yeah. And I just wrote, can this please end? And then they say that Deb, the mom, is going for psychiatric counseling. Which yes. I said, finally, something smart. Psychological coming. counseling. And she doesn't agree to an exorcism if she needs it or she's willing to do whatever. Right. Basically. And then Chad is talking about how Ryan has been silent and distant after that. And I said, uh-oh, they're breaking up. <laughs> But Ryan is just saying that he's been quiet because he feels bad about telling Chad how he should have, like, approached his mom and, like, provoked the demon or whatever. And then we get a snippet of Ryan's story. Do you want to talk about that? I don't want to. (laughs) I was just like, who gives a shit? 
I'm gonna. I'm sorry, Ryan. Like Ryan, this is the nutshell. Ryan's parents punished him for seeing scary stuff. Yeah, he got beat for screaming. Um, and then that's when Ryan realized he was all alone in the world of seeing supernatural or paranormal events. Last up to heal was the next thing I had. Chad goes back to his childhood home. I thought it was going to end, and then yeah. Yeah, Chad goes back it to his just keeps home. going. It keeps going. <laughs> and this is the longest hour and 40 minutes you will ever spend. Oh, God. Do not watch this movie. He goes back to his childhood home where this all began. Apparently, the two families before him and his family moving in there were haunted, but this family that currently lives there has not experienced anything. Right. And I was like, Chad, if you bring something in there for that family... And they You're really an asshole. Pissed. Yeah, you exactly. are an asshole. But he kind of just walks through, and at some point, Ryan is just like, Hey, Chad, this will probably be the last time you walk through this house. And Chad is just like, Yeah. It was very anticlimactic, right? Yeah. That's what I had. It was now. like. It was just like, Why did we have to do this? Why did was, you add this in? It was supposed to be, I think, a sense of closure, but it was just. We, it was just stupid. It, the, a lot of this stuff was just stupid. Yeah. So then I had, I guess, epilogue. It wasn't called the epilogue, but right. they kind of give us a breakdown of what's been going on with people. So Deb did not move forward with the formal exorcism. Right. She's been seeking spiritual and psychiatric care, which... Good for good her. Good for her, yeah. Yes. Um, we also hear about Brother Brian. Yep. He works out now. Hell yeah, he does, because he saw his skinny self, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, I gained a lot of weight. Yep. Um, maybe I should get a life, so I'm going to do that. <laughs> he begins reading his Bible more and yep. working out more. Gets into a physical fitness routine. Mm-hmm. And then on January 1st, 2011, no more paranormal activity in his no, place. because I wrote... Hallelujah. Even spirits have... New Year's resolutions, <laughs> and they're Clever. just like, done. <laughs> We're done with this. <laughs> and then all activity at Chad's house stopped. Stopped. Yep. So it's Chad, his dogs aren't making weird noises anymore. Yeah. But then Uncle Butch sent him a letter. Yeah. Saying that drugs basically were his devil. Drugs are bad, okay? Yeah. Okay. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> it's not the devil, it's just drug use. Drugs, yeah. And... The end was very, like, come to God. Oh my God, yes. Right? Okay, like, it was like, they picture this wooden cross. You've seen this wooden cross, and it's like, Chad is like, I've been missing what I, yeah, I found what I've been missing all these years. My creator and peace, and, and I was like, is this a Christian documentary? Exactly! I was like, am I in youth group again? What's happening? Right. It's like a testimonial video. Yeah. They're showing this in churches all over the world, I guarantee you. Because he's just like, in order to heal, I need to get back to my roots, which mm-hmm. is Jesus. And I'm not saying that's not the right answer. I'm not saying it is the right answer, but it was, I was not like, the answer the ending expected. No, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. It was, so this video was just you soul searching the whole time, like. Part of me wonders if like, were you bought by James Dobson? Like, yeah, like, the Seven Hundred Club. Like, how did this who happen? Who funded this documentary? Yeah. Um, and if you love Jesus, you know, praise God. But it was 
I honestly was just like, I labeled it Chad's testimony because mm-hmm. I was just like, wait, this was just a whole thing to get you to believe in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, get peace with God. That's all he wanted was peace. And I mean, everybody wants peace, but, like, that wasn't where I was expecting this documentary to go. Like, I was expecting to say, like, we've come to this conclusion with these spirits. Like, they don't even really talk about that. It was just, like, about him finding his way to God. Yeah. Which is great, but it was not what the documentary started out as. And it it's very misleading, I think. Yeah. What were your closing thoughts? Hated it. Hated it? That's what I had. I had, uh, just don't watch this ever. Uh, don't Very watch slow. it ever? I wish I, wa- I wanted to like it so bad because it sounded like a cool premise. Yeah, it did. It sounded really good, but then I felt yeah. like I wasted three hours of my life because I watched it twice. Exactly, yeah. <sighs> and it was, I've seen better ghost hunting activity or like evidence on regular half hour ghost shows than I did in this movie. The ghost hunting videos were very They're very vague. You don't see anything. Yeah. Not compelling. Just boring. They replay everything twice or three times so you're just like oh my god. Like move on already. Well I think theme the theme of this movie, you don't really get, like, you don't really know, like, is this trying to prove ghosts exist? Are you trying to convert people to Christianity? Like, you don't really understand what's going on or with this Or you're trying movie. to and get your mom an exorcism. There's so, there's so many themes. Right. Like, your mom needs help. It's just bizarre. Yeah. It's, it's not good. We have the most notes about this movie, I think, and it's our <laughs> least favorite out of everything that we've seen so far, but it's just... Yeah, this is a long episode. This is a long episode, but, you know, we had a lot to talk about. We had a lot of discussion uh, points and... Yes. You know, thanks for listening with us and... Staying in there. Yeah, hopefully you will not have watched this. And if you do, then I really hope that you guys can agree with us or disagree with us and please tell us why you agree or disagree with us and let us know what you think because like this is something that I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy (laughs) but I mean it's fun to talk about like that's why we're here yeah we love to talk about this stuff uh reach out to us if you disagree with us like we said earlier I think we both want to believe in the paranormal but this documentary was just Stupid. It was like... It's not good. It's not good if you want to introduce somebody to like, oh. this is cool stuff to watch. Like, Unless you, you are a big fan of Nickelback, and then in which case... You might like it. You might like it. I don't know. But yeah. So yeah, thanks for listening to us. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. And if you are having fun with us, please <laughs> leave so a comment and subscribe to us and like us. And you can find us at... Uh, Mysterious AF podcast or Mysterious AF and on all the things. Yeah, on all the things will be there and we will continue giving you guys reviews of these shitty documentaries. Hopefully they're not all (laughs) shitty, but we'll talk to you soon. Have a good night. Have a good night. Bye. I might try to. <laughs> I had a lot of wine. <laughs>